Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, as, as you heard Rochelle just say, um, John is in bed with man flu. Um, bless him, I know. Um, which was definitely Toby's fault. He brought the germs home from school. Toby was off school on Friday. If you saw him here on Friday night, he was just sat on my knee most of the night. High temperature, coughing, and now he's passed it on to John. So, please pray for John. Bless him and, and pray that I don't get it because I don't want it. So... Um, yeah, just keep keep him in mind. And so you've got me. So I, I am cheating a little bit in that um, I've pinched all of John's notes. So I've not written this myself, but I'm going to deliver for you the preach that John was going to do. So bear with me because I, I read it for the first time this morning. So, um, but we we are continuing our series in Ephesians, and so this is the part three and. You may or may not remember the title. Oh, it's up there. It's a new you, and so it's, it's all about a new you. Okay, so we're reading today from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. And it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So the question this morning is, when did you last feel full? So uh, we, we had our Christmas party on Friday evening and I imagine because of the, the amount of food that there was that you probably went back for seconds, thirds, maybe even fourths, and, um, and felt pretty full then. So that's one way that you could feel full, full of food. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've read the book um, Love Languages, which I, I really like, and the guy there describes a love tank, and he says that if you've got a full love tank, then you feel loved, and, and it's especially about relationships. So, for example, my love language is quality time, so if John spends quality time with me and listens to me and, and you know, I'm, he's being attentive to me, then I feel loved. I get a full love tank. But in this passage, Paul is not talking about food and he's not even talking about love tanks in that sense. But he's talking about being filled with the fullness of God, being spiritually full. So there's something about being full, that when you operate from a place of being full, then you're able to do far more than when you're running on empty. So the word full means not lacking anything. It means complete, content, and satisfied. So Timothy, when he talks about love of money, says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And he's saying in that that you don't need money or stuff, but that we don't need the latest gadget, we don't need a new car, we don't need... 27 gifts for Christmas. We just need God to be complete, content, and satisfied. 
And when we have that, we operate from this place of satisfaction, from a place of contentment and being spiritually full. And it's then that we can truly fulfill the call that God has placed on our lives. And it means that we can take this new life that God has created for us. And like John said last week, we don't need to keep it to ourselves. We can begin to pour ourselves out because there's so much in us to give. It comes out of an overflow. So when those around us need strength, we can be their strength because God is our strength. When someone needs provision, we can be their provision because God is our provision. And the Bible says that as we pour out, as we give of ourselves, it will be given back to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. But let's be real for a moment. We don't all feel spiritually full 24-7. We go through seasons, don't we? So let me ask you again, when was the last time you felt spiritually full? Maybe you've in, got into a routine that you, you come to church on a Sunday and you get full and then you go out and you kind of start leaking a bit throughout the week and, and the, the spiritual tank gets lower and lower and lower and then you come back on Sunday again for another reboot to get full up again. Paul opens this passage by telling the people of Ephesus that he's been praying for them. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I always find that really encouraging if somebody tells me that they've been praying for me. You know, if you get that text message that says, I just wanted to let you know, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, and, and I'm just, I'm here for you. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? It makes you feel acknowledged, it makes you feel loved, it makes you feel seen. And what's key about Paul's prayer here is that he's praying about their spiritual insides. He's praying that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. He's praying about their inner being, not their wants, not their desires, but that their souls and hearts would be impacted by God's spirit. He's praying that Jesus would make his home in their hearts. So your heart, it's your will, it's your personality, your emotions, it's your whole control center. So if we invite Jesus in to our control center, then things are going to change. So you just imagine, you, you welcome Jesus into your home, and he comes in and he, he sits in the lounge and you say, right, that chair over there for you, that's for you, Jesus. You sit there, you have a cup of tea, and then you just carry on about your lives. That's not what happens, is it? What happens is we invite Jesus into our homes and he starts shaking things up. He starts changing things. No, I don't want that picture there. Let's take that down and we'll put that one up instead. And that piece of furniture, get that out. We don't want that in here. And, and we'll bring this one in instead. That's what happens. When we believe, when we invite Jesus into our hearts, that's us handing over control to him. We give him free reign to do whatever needs to be done. So he comes in and he starts changing stuff. He's making us right from the inside out. And we might have a bit of resistance with that. Really, can, can we not just keep that there for a little bit longer? I'm not quite ready to give that up yet. We have that resistance, don't we? But Paul is praying here that God moves in, takes control, and begins to do a work. He's praying for our will, for our emotions, thinking, decisions, personalities, 
everything that God will take control of those and that he will take over our control center, changing us from the inside out. And Paul goes on to say, rooted and grounded in love. So that right there is a picture of of health, a picture of stability, a picture of clarity. It's a continuing picture that runs throughout scripture. In Jeremiah 17, it talks about a tree with roots deep in God, drawing from him faith, strength, joy, peace, love. And so Paul is continuing this picture of being rooted and grounded in God's love. So Paul prays this because he wants them to grow. When we're rooted and grounded in God, we've got that firm foundation to be able to grow. And in that picture of the tree in Jeremiah, it goes on to describe it as a tree that doesn't cease to bear fruit. It's leading on to this idea that being full of God, when we're rooted in him, we can draw from a source that will never ever run dry. We're being filled, we're bearing fruit. We have the opportunity to live out this cycle of abundant generosity, abundant grace, abundant love to everyone, because as we pour out, God fills us again. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. So just think for a second, how do you stay stable in your faith? How do you grow spiritually? The answer is to stay focused on, connected to, rooted in, obsessed with, full of Jesus' love for you. We need to recall and remember and remind ourselves daily of how much Jesus loves us. The scripture says that if you want to be stable, if you want to be healthy, and if you want to be full and grow in your faith, then we need to be rooted and grounded in love. No more, no less. I think sometimes we have a a picture of God's love as kind of like a little stream. It's lovely, isn't it? Just flowing past. But the reality is that God's love is an everlasting ocean. You know, we have this, uh, yeah, a picture of a stream and you can just kind of like step in it and then, oh, that's that's nice. I I feel good now and step out again. But you soon dry off, don't you? But diving into an ocean... You're wet from head to toe, and it's everlasting. So it's like an endless ocean. We just need to get past the surface. So what we're doing in this series is looking at taking a deep dive into the ocean of God's love, getting down to the depths and getting to grips with how awesome this love really is. However deep we think God's love is, When we think we've reached the full depth of his love, we find that there's more. There is always more for us to discover. And it's really important for us to spend time reminding ourselves just how much he loves us, exploring his love, practicing his love for us. This incredible agape love of God, beautiful, unconditional love that does not need reciprocation. It's not human love, it's not brotherly love, it's not friendship love, it's not married love, it's God love. And so as we remind ourselves throughout this series of God's love, we keep topping ourselves up. We keep reminding ourselves, we keep exploring so that we're continually filled 
with God's love. So in my own personal life, this is something that I've found hard to get to grips with, with how much God actually loves me. So I've always known, because I've been brought up in a Christian home, I've always known in my head, God loves me. You know, you get little badges with it on, God loves you, and, you know, bouncy balls, stickers. From a very young age, God loves you, God loves you, and you hear this. But to actually feel that and for it to come from head to heart is a massive difference. And I've had a a personal struggle with mental health for many years. And I'm just being very vulnerable with you all now. (laughs) Um, Since I was a teenager, I've struggled with my mental health. And so I've had to, I've explored many different ways of doing this, many different avenues to, to feel loved. And it's only through discovering God's love for me that I'm able to stand up here on this platform today and have the confidence to do that. And so I'm going to just take a moment, which was not in John's sermon, I've just taken over now, um, to give some practical things that I've found have helped me to explore and realise the depth of God's love for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm still, obviously, it's massive ocean. I've, yes, I've dived into it, but there's still so much more. <laughs> but I just want to give you a few pointers of things that I've found really helpful for me. Um, so, anyone who went on the, the Freedom in Christ course, part of that course, they, they do a thing called Stronghold Busters. And so, if you did that course, you will have heard of this already. Um, but that was, was quite a, a big turning point for me and quite a, a big revelation for me to write down um, scripture verses or affirming words and repeat that to myself every morning. And, and it can feel a little bit like, um, you know, this positive thinking mentality or feels a bit strange at first when you're speaking things over yourself that you don't actually truly believe. But in doing that every day, it starts to become real. So that was, yeah, that was a massive turning point for me, finding scripture verses that speak of God's love for me and saying that to myself in the morning and, and saying, so the stronghold buster, it says that um, I, I turn away from the lie that I am unloved and I declare that God loves me and then you come up with some scripture verses to back that up and you say that to yourself every morning and you start to believe it, it's amazing. And the second thing that I've done for years has really helped me is journaling. And, and the way that I do this is um, I take myself away, quiet, solitude, which is not easy in our house, but uh, yeah, I try and do that. And um, it's just spending a moment talking to God and then saying, right, God, what do you want to say to me? And then I put pen to paper and just write and just go for it. And, and it's out of the... It's, it's a bit strange because it's like God speaking to me. So it might start like to Ruth and then like carry on. And so it feels a bit strange writing that at first because you're kind of writing to yourself. But you just kind of go with it because you've already prayed. So you've asked Holy Spirit to speak to you and then it comes out on paper. And I don't really even think about what I'm writing. I just write and I can write for pages. It's amazing once you get started how much you can write. And then when I'm done writing... I go over it again and just read it. And the important thing for me is that I make sure that it lines up with God's word. Because if there's stuff in there that is from me, then that, 
you know, that sticks out and I can get rid of that. But if it lines up with God's word, and then I find that I can take on board everything that God has personally said to me. So yeah, it does feel weird at first, but once you get used to it, it's really great. And, and you can just hear the voice of God very easily that way. And so I've just kind of said as well, the third thing is the word of God. And that really has to underlie everything. It's the foundation for everything. Um, so helping, helping me to focus on the right voice, because especially with someone with mental health issues, you can focus in on the negative voices. And so by reading the Bible and knowing God's word, and I've got this awesome Bible, which has got margins either side that you can make notes in as well. So I, I spend a lot of time doing that because then it, it helps me to kind of focus more on what I'm reading. Um, and then that, that really sinks into your heart, the, the actual words of God, and it helps you to recognize the voice of God from the other voices that might be all around you. And then the, the other thing that I found is operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So something for me um, has been speaking in tongues. And I first started speaking in tongues when I was 11 years old. And I kind of went away from God for a bit and stopped operating in that gift. And then when I came back to God, I started again. And it's, it's just an amazing difference that it makes because, because when you're talking to God in a spiritual language, it completely bypasses your head and it goes straight from spirit to spirit. And, and so God can then implant in you what it is that he wants you to know, what it is that he wants you to feel. And through, so through doing a combination of all those things, that's how I've found it really helpful for me to, to understand and to start to see the depths of God's love for me. So I hope that's helpful. Um, just as an aside, I've got a little testimony to share about speaking in tongues as well, because <laughs> it's quite funny, really. And so I, I'm, I've recently been more proactive about speaking in tongues. And um, I decided that I was going to do this for like maybe 10, 15 minutes every day. And so the, the time that I found was the best to do this was usually after I've dropped the kids off at school and I'm driving back home. So I'm in the car on my own, and I've got my worship music blaring out. And, um, and so I, I just start like declaring things and, and speaking in tongues. And um, I realized, so the, my car is, is getting a bit old now, and it, it, the brakes were like super dodgy. I, I, don't tell mum, she's just there. <laughs> my brakes were super dodgy, but yeah, we, we don't tell anyone. Um, so I went to the garage and, and he had a look at them and he was like, well, your brake pads are fine, but apparently it's the thing behind the brake, the brake pads, I, I don't get cars, I don't know. Um, he said, yeah, they're going to need changing pretty soon and it's going to cost you about £200 to fix it. I was like, oh, bye. we really don't have £200. So I just kind of ignored it and hoped it would go away, pretended like it wasn't an issue. Um, so as I said, I've, I've been praying daily in tongues, sat in my car, and I, I swear my brakes are fine now. <laughs> they are absolutely fine. Um, I used to get, every time I, I put my foot on the brake pedal, I used to get the, this jiggy thing through the, through the steering wheel, um, especially on motorway driving. But uh, yesterday I drove to Chester and back, and the other week I drove to Birmingham and back, Absolutely fine, no problem. And, you know, you take what you will from this, but it's only since I've been speaking in tongues in my car that this has happened. So, 
just saying, prayer works, people. <laughs> um, and also, uh, another little testimony. So, just this, um, this idea of, of functioning out of love and being able to give out of that. So, so it's not just about, you know, receiving love from God, but then getting to the point of overflow where you can then give. And it's really been on my heart for a few years now um, to uh, kind of run a mental health course specifically for young people. And I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know how that would work. Um, I, I did all the training. I've trained as a counsellor. I've done psychology courses and stuff. So, you know, I've got all the training behind me, but it was me that needed sorting, you know, because I, I can only give out of that overflow. And um, so, long story short, on Wednesday, I'm going into the high school to have a meeting with the assistant head teacher. Um, this is the largest high school in Lancashire. And um, she is also the pastoral care, <coughs> head of pastoral care. And, and she wants to hear all about me and my course for mental health um, for young people and how that can be delivered in their school. So this is amazing. This is amazing stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I really appreciate your prayers um, on Wednesday lunchtime when I'm in that meeting um, and just kind of sharing my heart with them for how this could work. And, and I, I'm really believing for great things to come out of that. So, yeah, keep, keep you praying. It's, it's good stuff. Things are moving. And so there's, there's another vital, important point in verse 17, where it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. So Paul's encouraging us to understand, to wrestle with, and to get to grips with how wide, how high, how deep God's love is for us with all the saints. So I think sometimes when we're running on empty, when we're drained, when we feel exhausted and overwhelmed, we can sometimes pull away from community. We like to find a quiet space and be alone with God and process. I know that's definitely true of me. That tends to be my go-to. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, then I take myself away. But there's something in this, in what Paul is saying. He's saying that there's... There's a roadmap to being full of God, and it's not something that we do alone. It's a journey that is to be taken with all the saints. So he's not just building a new you. He's also building a new society, a new family. He's emphasizing the importance of church, of the body, of all of us as one group of people with a common goal, a common purpose, wrestling with the understanding of God, worshiping him together as we discover more and more of his great love. I think for some reason, we like to focus on other people's differences, don't we? We think, oh, I'm, I'm not sure about them. We, we tend to judge people, consciously or unconsciously. We, we judge people because maybe because they've been to prison, they've got tattoos, maybe because they're gay, because the color of their skin is different to mine. And the reality is that we show more, um, more love and more grace to the people that we have something in common with, to the people that are like us. And it's really sad, but it's true. 
But the people that aren't like us, we have more in common with them than we realize. Because it's not us and them, it's just us. It's just people. We're all God's children. Whether you believe God or not, whether you believe in him or not, we are all his children. So it's just us. We're one big, diverse, weird, funny-looking family. So we need to stop focusing on our differences and just focus on what we have in common. And that might be the thing that Jesus changes when he comes into the house of your heart. The Bible talks about us being a family, and families are diverse. Even within one family, there can be so much diversity. But we're still family. You can probably think of someone in your own family, someone who doesn't quite seem to fit in, or someone who's a bit rebellious and went off, and we don't talk about that person anymore, or, you know, the black sheep of the family. I've got several in mine, I can tell you. But we're still family. So let's love each other. Let's forget our differences. Let's just love each other. Paul is encouraging the church to gather around each other, to hang out with each other, to eat together, to party together, to have fun and enjoy life together, to pray together, to cry together, to support each other, that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints how amazing God's love is for us. So let's encourage each other that we can get full of God's love together. So don't get me wrong, there are times to be alone. You know, I've just talked about journaling and, you know, having that time with God. Even Jesus pulled himself away to be alone with his heavenly father. And that's good and that's right to do. But God's plan is that we also surround ourselves with our brothers and sisters from the very beginning, God declared it's not good for man to be alone. And it's impossible to feel full when you spend your time in isolation. You were created, you were designed to live in community, even as introverts. And we talked about this in week one, this gathering here, this group of people that we call the local church. It's not a club, it's not just a crowd of people. We're building a community, a family, a new society that's focused on understanding and accepting God's love for us. And out of that, we find perfect peace. We find true contentment, the fullness of God that Paul is talking about. That you would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of Jesus, it surpasses all knowledge, surpasses all understanding. So we need God to reveal himself to us, to give us a glimpse, an understanding, a vision or a picture of just how vast his love really is. And he can only do that when we open ourselves up to him. It's not just head knowledge, it becomes heart knowledge. We need God to move in <coughs> and fill us up so that we can experience his love, so that we know that we know that we know that we know that we are loved. And Paul ends his prayer with this, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think or imagine. So just think about that for a second. Far more. 
far more abundantly than all that we can ask, beyond anything that we can think or imagine. His love is a love that removes the word impossible from our vocabulary. It's incredible. With God, anything is possible. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So I asked at the start, how, how do you get full? <coughs> when was the last time you felt full? So ultimately, we just have to open ourselves up to God and allow him to speak to us, allow him to work in us inside out. We need to allow God to move into us and make us new. So I'm just going to ask um, Joanne and the, the band to come up now. Um, and I just feel to ask if anybody wants to have that new experience and that new revelation of a depth of God's love, then maybe you could come forward and we could pray with you. Um, I just think that that would be a really good thing for us to do. Um, I'm just going to pray now. And so, so Lord God, we just, we just thank you. <coughs> thank you, Lord, that you love us abundantly, that you, there is just no measure to the depth of your love for us. And I just pray for each individual person here. I pray that that knowledge would move from head to heart and that as we seek you, as we seek your face, that we would just start to understand and see the measure of the love that you have for us. And I pray that out of that love there will be overflow that it would just pour out of us to our community and the people around us. And Jesus, that it's not just for us to, to feel loved and to have that nice feeling inside us, to feel warm, but that the whole point of this is that we go out and love other people the way that you have loved us. So Jesus, just stir that up in us now. In Jesus' name. <coughs>